Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy so you can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. So on today's show, Nicole, we're talking about being addicted to approval, which is that that need to be loved and accepted and even endorsed by other people so that we can feel good about ourselves. And I know some shapes are more prone to have issues with this than others, but don't you think at some level we all do it? I think we do because I think fundamentally every part of us or every one of us has that part of us that is a people pleaser. And that's really what we're talking about. People pleasing on steroids, okay? Needing people to be okay with you for you to feel safe in the world. That's really what it's about today. Yeah, we always talk about that there's four areas that people try to earn a sense of self-esteem in that their appearance, their performance, how well they do everything they do, the their property, what kind of car they drive, how new their iPhone is, all that stuff, and then the opinions of other people. And I know I, I hear from people every once in a while, well, I just don't care what anybody thinks. Don't you think even at some level that attitude is is been being chosen because it's still protecting and it's, it's almost extreme. It's defensive, isn't yeah, it? It is. It's almost extreme. And so ultimately we all have a, a decision to make with every single one of our relationships how much we're going to participate in this need to have someone else's endorsement or approval. So you might find as you're listening today's show, you know what, it doesn't happen in every area of my life. It just might be one person or one relationship or, or maybe it's just your work life that actually finds you seeking approval. Now, I just want to share very vulnerably, this is something that's come up for you and I. Um, I've spent a lot of time calling you over the last two and a half years of working together saying, now, just so you know, this is what I did today. Yeah, I do that all the time, right? Or I'll text you an update of, hey, this is where I'm at, even though we've, you know, and you say to me, you don't have to justify. I know that you're not, you know, and it's this whole thing of, I don't want anyone to think that I'm on the couch eating boxes of chocolate, you know, watching soap opera, you know, because I value performance. So we do, we do it in lots of different ways with different people in our life. So you're kind of managing my perception of you. I have to tell you, Nicole, when I realized this was a major issue for me was when I went to that 10 day meditation camp. Now, you guys, I I go, it's basically, you get the chance to be a Buddhist monk for 10 days. You get to live up in the woods. You can't speak to anyone. You can't read or write. You have to meditate 11 hours a day. And I, I, it's like the hardest thing I've ever done. But the big takeaway for me from not being able to speak for 10 days is I recognized about 90% of the things that I wanted to say were things that were managing people's perceptions of me. I wanted to explain why I did this or why that. And I wanted to apologize if I kind of bumped into someone. or, And, and it was all this need to manage their perception of me. That was a huge eye-opener. And really, it's such a waste of time, but we do it. And we do it because our self-esteem needs it. So you and I have compiled a bit of a list of the things that you may find that you do, even without realizing it, to get validation, attention, and approval. So as we go through them, it'd be worth you guys just noting down, especially those listeners who have that 
uh, relationship radio journal that they write in every week or just take a mental note, which ones apply to you? The first one being, do you change your behavior or viewpoint to get approval with whoever you're with? Now, I've been in situations where I've watched that. I've never done it, but I've watched other people do it because they realize that there's, they're not kind of going to be on the in or they're not going to be seen in the same light if they have a different opinion. I have to admit, I think I, I have seen myself do it to some degree. Now, part of it is that I'm really good at seeing both sides of an argument. So even in the the charged political climate that we're in, I, I can see some validity on either side. And because of that, I do think when I'm with liberal people, that comes out a little bit more. And when I'm with conservative people, that comes out a little more. And that doesn't surprise me because as arrows, we are people pleasers. Oh, for sure. We have so much fear around criticism and judgment that I'm not going to voice an opposing opinion and have people rip me to shreds. You know, that's not something arrows would like. No, that's very true. The next one, do you, do things... Do you actually do things that you don't want to do just to please others? Now, I learned a long time ago, um, but only most recently, but long term that I have been applying it, that no is actually a complete sentence. And I am actually, I don't need to justify my no's. No is good enough. But before I, I learned that and I actually put it into practice, I would do these things. I would I would be that yes person that I would engage in things that I didn't really want to do. I would please other people before I please myself. So I think we've got a lot of listeners who probably can be guilt manipulated at times into doing things because they feel guilty if they say no. And and these people are going to think less of me, right? And so we do. We agree to do things we don't want to do to get that approval. Do you show off or feel compelled to tell attention-seeking stories? Now, I think of stars and I think of octagons the most and squares the most when it comes to this because they're often the shapes that dominate most of the conversation as a way of having their needs met in that they get that attention. Now, what about circles? Because I think circles like to talk a lot. And I think part of that is, is attention kind of makes you feel validated. People care enough to listen to what you have to say. It's true. And those shapes, I just want to throw out there, that those shapes often do it and they don't realize they're doing it because they're actually verbal processes. They process the world through dialogue. So you may be doing that and not even realize that you're doing it. You're just trying to make sense of things in your world. But it's a good question to ask on your way away from any social gathering. Did I kind of dominate the conversation? Did I talk more than I listened? And if you consistently can recognize that, that's something you might want to look at. Yeah. The next one, do you look for compliments or validation about your appearance? So do you say, hey, do I look okay? I do that about our performance. Every time we give a speech, um, I say to Kim, did I I do okay? Like without fail, every single speech, even last night's speech. I do it. And (laughs) I catch myself doing it. I did it last night too. Remember when I walked in, I said, does my hair look okay? You did actually. I didn't actually have time to do it because I was in such a hurry. That's the first thing I said. Yeah. Isn't it funny? We we don't realize until we actually take note. And, And there's this piece of if I own it first, then I'm also telling you, don't judge me about my hair because I know I didn't do it. It's like this caveat that's out there, right? Now, this one is the one that applies most to me is I apologize constantly. Have you noticed? Does it irritate you? How much? Yeah. Sometimes you do. People tell me that that it actually annoys them how much I apologize. So I'm really trying to work on it because it actually pisses them off. 
That's so, how much. So why do you think that is? Is it just that you're being so insecure that that just bothers them? I think that I have been so used to living my life according to pleasing others and that was the that was the benchmark of me doing good or doing well if other people were happy with me that I'm always looking for those benchmarks and trying to modify. So I he- I hear myself s- when when someone's upset about something say I'm I'm sorry and it's like, I'm sorry I made you upset. It's really not on me that they're choosing to be upset. What we want to say is, I'm sorry you're choosing to be upset about this, but it really is none of my business and doesn't involve me. My answer's still the same. So that's a Utah thing, I have to tell you. That is such a Utah thing, even more so. The amount of people that if I say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just a bit off today. I've got a headache. I'm so sorry. They say, any time that I'm unwell, I'm so sorry. Really? People in other the parts time. of the you world do don't it. do uh, No, you do it to me all the time, but and you don't even realize you do it. I can't believe other people don't do it. No, no, no. I'll just say, oh, I'm sorry you're going through that, you know, but we don't take it on. Here in Utah, there's this whole thing of, I'm so sorry you're going through that, and, and how can I move you out of that? Interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah, you notice things here that we just don't You see. have the same thing <laughs> if you came to Australia. Okay, but, so the next one, and, and this is one I think... Er- everybody needs to watch for is are you posting things on social media to show off and and create this PR campaign that manages people's perceptions of you and I remember um, years ago we were talking about doing humanitarian work and I remember you said to me um, would you still do it if you weren't going to post any pictures of you doing it on social media just because I think whenever we do good interesting exciting things we post them, but that posting them is about showing off. It is. It? it is. So I had that opportunity yesterday. I'm no longer on Facebook. Uh, I took myself off recently, but I went and got one of those nitro cold brews. First time I've ever had one, right, downtown in public yesterday. And I totally went to take the photo and I was like, I have no social media to post it on. And it doesn't matter if everybody goes, well done, you got a nitro cold brew. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a good exercise for all of us every time you're going to post something to just ask yourself, why am I posting this? That's right. Do I just want people to wish they were me? Do I want them to think I'm so cool? You know, what's your real reason for posting us? We may shut Facebook down, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Society would crash. be over if we don't. Now, the other thing I see on social media is people posting what's wrong with their life. Well, all the bad stuff. We see a lot of posts. Oh, my gosh. Worst day ever. This is what happened to me. And why are, why are they posting that? It's all attention-seeking behavior. The ones that get me are the ones that just go, bad day. And they don't give me any details. So it's totally fishing. It's fishing for compliments. It's fishing for attention. (laughs) And I I don't want to do that. It irritates me. But they need some sympathy love. They need to know someone's out there that loves. I mean, I get it. I get it. Because we all feel that feeling. But but where's the self-control to actually put it on social media? Well, it's hardcore. This is the big question. Could you be okay if you didn't do it? If you didn't, do you really need that to fill you up? Or could you recognize that you're good and loved? And yes, it's a bad day, but you don't have that addiction to that hit of some approval to keep you going. That's what's driving it. The next one is, do you explain your behavior to people so they won't judge you? You and I do this a lot. Or maybe I do it a lot. And No, I, this I, is the one in yeah. the meditation camp I couldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you gossip or talk about others to make yourself look good? So you're trying to plate that other person as the villain 
Or do you like being that centre of attention? Do you get bothered and angry if people don't listen or pay attention to you? I was at a family function recently where um, in a really passive-aggressive way, a circle said to a square, it's okay, honey, that, that you don't feel the need to hear my point of view. And then... She continued to talk over the top of him anyway. It was the oh it was the most beautiful. Gosh, she said that out loud to her. Yeah, in front of the rest of the family. It was it's okay, honey, that you don't feel the need to to hear my perspective. Go ahead and interrupt continually. <laughs> it was oh, so, I wish I could have watched it was just, that. It was so classy and perfect. It was so funny. So no wait, let, I gotta go back to the you said gossip and talk about other people. That is one of the number one signs that you're suffering from fear that you're not good enough. There there's this subconscious program in us that if I can look for and find bad in other people and really focus on it by talking about it, that casts them as the bad one. It keeps me as the good one. So that's that's validating. It is. Now, we've talked about what these problems are and ultimately that we all do them. Now, let's get into the solution that we need to change and adjust our mindset so that we actually don't step into constantly this approval addiction. Now, the first thing we can do is see life as a classroom, not a test. And that is the idea that whatever is showing up for me, I don't have to make it about a big story. I don't have to say it and be dramatic and, oh, my life is terrible and put it all over social media like we've talked about. We don't have to cast other people as the villain. Instead, we've got to step into, okay, why is this happening for me today? What do I have to learn? How can this strengthen me and enable me to grow? Take that personal responsibility to say, if it's in my life, it's here for a reason. What reason is that? Now, I want to explain a little bit because we talk a lot about life as a classroom, not a test. Most of us in our subconscious programming view life as a test. And what we mean is your value is on the line with everything you do, how you look, how people perceive you. Your value is constantly in question and any mistake you make docks your value as a person. We're saying you've got the option to choose to see life as a classroom. Now, the difference in a classroom is you make mistakes. It doesn't count on your grade. This is just learning time. So you can erase and try again, erase and try again, and your grade is not affected by how you do as you work through these lessons. And I want everybody to realize that mindset choice that you have between feeling like it's a test or choosing to see it as a classroom is one of the most important mindset decisions that you you have to make. And if you don't consciously choose one, you're going to subconsciously choose one. And you're probably going to choose to see it as a test and be constantly worried that you're not good enough. So if you take nothing else away from today's call or show but that, please take that. It's one of the most powerful shifts you could make is starting to see your life as a classroom. Now, what I love about this so specifically is that you dilute the drama in in that moment just by doing that. On the Inner Circle call this week, there was a question about what do I do with my children who are overly dramatic, who feel like their life is just ending constantly. And ultimately, we all can feel that. When things don't go our way, we experience fear of loss. We get triggered by us feeling that we're not enough, fear of failure every day. Life is full of triggers. But how we respond to those triggers really shows our character and it's a measure of our self-esteem. If we make things dramatic and we need this attention-seeking approval addiction, it's because we feel like we're not enough. And so adopting this mindset that you just discussed is so powerful because it enables us to dilute the drama. It's such an important part because drama comes from comparing to other people. Well, no one has it as hard as me, Kim. Mine's just the worst, 
right? Whereas if I adopt that mindset of how is this going to strengthen me? In what way can I learn from this? I do dilute that drama straight away. And that was a big topic on this week's Inner Circle Call. It sure was. Do we have time for one more? I think we do. Yeah. Okay. So part of choosing to see life as a classroom, the other choice that we want you to make that's part of that is choosing to see all human beings as having the same value and it can't change. Now, what that means is you're choosing to to believe that you can't earn earn more money, get a better job, buy a, a better car and literally be better than other people because your value has gone up so much. And you you also can't lose value. You can't make mistakes that make you less valuable than any other human being. So the the choice to decide that all human beings have the same value and it never changes, it's infinite and absolute, it is the actual source of security behind all this approval addiction. We think if I get the approval, that quiets that fear of not being good enough and then I'm okay. But you know what? We can quiet it ourselves when we believe that we have the same value as everyone else and it can't change, you take your power back and you don't need other people to fill that bucket because you can do it yourself. So this is something that you're listening to thinking, yeah, okay, I struggle with this. I'm constantly looking for someone else to fill me up. These are core principles that we need to learn. And we find that all of our members of the inner circle, they're working on this with us every single week. So if you don't know what that is yet, go to 12shapes.com. It's the opportunity to be coached by Kim and I every single week and actually have some hand-holding of integrating these principles. So do go and check that out at 12shapes.com. We've got to take a break, but stay with us here on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. you with Nicole and Kim. We were having an interesting chat in the break. You had a very interesting night last night, 
Kim. <laughs> well, I did. And and I, the last four months probably, I've started doing some country line dancing. And I have to tell you, it's it's an exercise in not being good at something and having to just take that risk to put yourself out there every single time I go because I only know a few line dances and most of them I don't know. And if I try to follow along, I just look stupid because I can't, I can't do it. And last night um, I had a friend who, who enticed me to try swing dancing. Well, that's something I've never done. Not even once. So I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Um, a matter of fact, we even waltzed to a dance, and I'm even worse at waltz. I can't, I can't get it right. And all of those kind of experiences are a great chance to put yourself out there and feel the fear of not being enough, and just sit with it and be okay anyway. And and I think taking those kind of risks is good. It's good for us to do, to give us a chance to practice this. Yeah. So I wanted to spend a moment talking about the cost of this approval addiction, because if you are constantly modifying your thoughts, behaviors, and decisions to be okay with the perceived standards or expectations with others. You might be pleasing them, but you're actually robbing yourself. And I think people don't actually put those two pieces together. And that the true reason a lot of us experience unhappiness or sadness or discontent is because we're actually conflicted. Internal conflict is the greatest source of misery and suffering. So maybe a a different way that we can shape it for our listeners is to say you might be saying yes to others, but in doing that, what you're often saying no to yourself. And so this is that whole risk-taking thing that I'd like to talk about as as a potential way of of moving forward out of this. We like to make sure that Relationship Radio is full of really practical things that you can do to get out of this. And I think setting yourself up for a social experiment. I like experiments, you know that, because I feel like I can stop and start at any time. I don't have to share with anybody and I can make mistakes. And I'm going to put out there that maybe to start a social experiment internally to say, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to start taking more risks. I'm actually going to make a decision to try something difficult or do something that's that I know is going to be hard. To have to sit in that place of, yeah, do I care? <laughs> do so, I care that, that this actually is going to not make me okay with someone else? So, so this would be like... Um, I'm getting dressed to go to an event and I know what outfit other people would expect me to wear and what I would get their approval if I wear, but it's not me. It's not who I am. And, and maybe I want to do something a little bit different to be true to myself. You're saying we need to give ourselves permission to sometimes disappoint other people or not have their approval so that you really honor your truth and what feels right for you. That's exactly what I'm saying because it is, it's risky to put ourselves out there on a limb and to have to feel that that potential to let other people down. And in that moment, you can choose to conform again, okay, or you can choose to actually be true with yourself. Now, we, we've been life coaches for, you know, and working with people for, for 16 years each. And what we know is that if you follow your truth and you discover who it is that you are and you be the person you want to be, you have rock solid bulletproof self-esteem. And this is really what this show is about, is that every time that you say yes to approval of others, you're actually robbing yourself of feeling good about your decision because it's actually not for you. It's for everyone else. So, Nicole, the other day I read this quote by Alan Sherman and he said, a normal person is the sort of person that might be designed by a committee. You know, each person on the committee puts in a pretty color that they like and in the end it comes out gray. I love that because I think that's exactly 
we, we all end up being gray if we're trying to please everyone around us. We lose who we are. One of the fun things we like to do in coaching a, a client is actually have them write themselves a permission slip that I officially give myself permission to be who I am in, in some way. And I hear you do this a lot with the at-risk teens, giving them permission to, to figure themselves out. Yes. Yeah, so this is something that I've actually, I'm using at the moment. My daughter's just about to turn 10 and she said to me, you know, for my birthday, mom, I really want this cool hairstyle. And I was like, okay, show me. And she pulled it up on Instagram and she it was shaving one side and then she's going to have this big kind of comb over. She's got long hair almost to, you know, her waist and she wants the bottom of it dyed pink. And I said to her, yes, we will do this under one condition. She's expecting it to be like, you know, it's temporary hair dye or, you know, when you're 16 or something like that. (laughs) And I said, as long as you don't tell anybody else about it, as long as you only keep it within our family that this is what you want to do, you don't get to ask anybody, do you think you'd like this? Or, you know, should I do this? I didn't want her asking permission because I knew that she would change her mind if she did that. Approval would come in. It would, and she would be likely to adjust what it is that she really wants. So we've made this appointment with this really great woman down in Salt Lake who's covered in piercings and tattoos, and she's got this cool little pixie cat, and she's going to give my daughter this opportunity for the first time to really express herself in a fashionable way. And what I'm doing here, and and intentionally, so getting into what I do with the high-risk teens too, is I'm really giving her permission to actually not be a conformist and to be herself. So it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, I love that. And I can't wait to then have that conversation with her to say, now you want to send a photo to everybody, but what's it for? Do you you want to, is it because you're proud of it? In which case, let's do it. But is it because you're wanting likes on Facebook or are you wanting, you know, everybody's approval? Oh, you look so beautiful. What are you doing? Because if she puts it out there like that, she could get some disapproval and she could let that crush her too. Yeah. But more importantly, I want her to feel good about it for her and not have to be counting the likes. Now, I also like what you do with her because every day she puts together this outfit and she comes down and says, mom, what do you think? How do I look? And you're so good at not feeding that approval addiction, but saying, well, what do you think? Because what you think is the only thing that matters. You you put that right back. And that is so valuable to start doing with our kids while they're really young to, to nip this in the bud. It is. Now, the reason I knew I needed to do it, though, which is probably why I'm so passionate, is because I knew her shape. So she's a star. So she's going to have more of this approval addiction than a lot of the shapes. And so if you have a star, you are a star, or you don't know yet what shapes you have in your family that's making it up, do go to 12shapes.com, take the assessment there and work out who you're working with because your parenting strategies need to change. So this is a big part of raising a star, as you know, too. Okay, there's a couple other tips for nipping this uh, approval addiction. One of them that I think is really proactive is focus on validating other people everywhere you go instead of criticizing and judging people. Actually look for the good in every human being that you pass and, and comment as often as possible. Give them a little validation about how great they are. And the more that you focus on the good in the world and the good around you and other people, the better you end up feeling about yourself. It's so critical for us to do that because we want everybody who listens to Relationship Radio to be genuinely themselves. And this is why I thought it was such an important topic to do today is how much of you, you, how much joy and how much true peace are you robbing of yourself by conforming to other people? 
Oh, sometimes so much. Okay, one last one. I want everybody to remember when other people have opinions about you, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean they're valid. They have no power or meaning behind them. They're just ideas that exist in someone's head. They they don't change you. They don't mean anything. So we've got to start taking that power away from those, especially the disapproving comments, right, that we all get. Um, I get to practice this every week when my column comes out because inevitably I have at least 15 people a week that tell me I'm an idiot. And, and that's been a really good place to say, you know what, everybody's entitled to their perspective, but that doesn't change my value that people don't approve of what I do. So what's interesting about that, though, is that their social commentary or this, their disapproval is most often their projection about themselves anyway. And I, don't, I think we forget that because ultimately all we hear is that judgment, that criticism, particularly if you're one of those shapes who are really sensitive to that. And we really believe their words as truth. Whereas if we reframe that and go, oh, that's interesting. Is that how they feel about themselves? Is that where that social commentary has come from? And actually call it out and say that's probably more likely about them than it is about me. And it's more likely to be a projection. That also helps that reframing. Now, I just have to say, though, I've, I've had some clients that have gotten so good at taking any criticism as that's actually a projection. That's actually mm-hmm. about you. That they never look at themselves when they do get feedback. So if you get some negative feedback... It might be worth stepping back and looking at it, being open to see if it has any validity, but then also look at the other person involved and see if you can see some fear issues in play. If they've got some fear of not being good enough or fear of loss, then definitely projection could be part of it. Now, a lot of people who struggle with this self-esteem stuff, it's not just surface stuff. A lot of the people that we work with, they have really deep wounds, often from childhood, and it's often their belief system and what they learned around the, about the world from that programming from zero to seven that's actually shaped a lot of those self-esteem and so, and, and the, the self-confidence issues. So what we have to do is we have to change those belief patterns. And I want to spend some time on talking about the power of changing perspective, because that's what we offer in our coaching that, that really makes the big difference. And I love your story about you being on the boat as a great example of and, and the segue <laughs> to, to talking about this principle. Okay. So what happened on the boat? So uh, at the time we, we were out in Puerto Rico in the area on an island outside of Puerto Rico. And we knew that we were going to have to take a boat back quite a long ways across the ocean, back to Puerto Rico in the dark. That was part of this trip. It was going to have to be this way. Well, it turned out a huge storm came in and it was pouring rain and, and the wind was just unreal. And I'm getting on this boat to head out the ocean in this. And I have to tell you, Nicole, I've never been so frightened in my life. And every time the boat went off one of these big waves, it would tip. It would tip side to side. And I was fairly certain we were going to die. I was literally praying for my life. When finally one of the captains of the boat came back to check on all of us. And you can picture this. I leapt from my chair and grabbed the front of his shirt and begged him to turn the boat around and go back. That this is insane. I'm scared to death. And this is not worth risking our lives. And he said, lady, please go back to your seat. This is just fine. We drive in this kind of weather all the time. We've got completely under control. Just please sit back down. And I'm stunned. This is normal. How can this be normal? But as I explained to my fellow passengers that apparently they're not worried at all. They think this is fine. 
we actually kind of started to shift our perspective. And by the end of the ride, we were actually having the time of our life. We'd hit those waves and we thought we were on a ride at Disneyland. Woo! You know, that kind of thing. And and what was interesting is that I'm still in the same boat, same storm, same waves, and I'm scared to death. And now I'm in the same situation, but I feel totally safe. Well, what changed? It's really just that I shifted my perspective. And a lot of times what we're really looking for in life is this feeling of safety, right? And and all the fear of not being good enough means we don't feel safe in the world. But we think the only way to feel safe in the world is to get that approval from other people. There's actually another way. We shift our perspective about ourselves and our value and how human value is determined Like we've been talking about making life a classroom and not a test and seeing all human beings as having the same value. Those are super powerful perspective shifts that could actually make you feel safe in the world and completely change how you feel every day in your life. Another one that I find really valuable with the teenagers that I work with in our office is that the perspective of whose life is it, whose journey is it? Because we teach them about value and we teach them about the classroom principle and it's in every show because it's such a critical part of what we do. The next piece I say is at the end of this lifetime, you know, when your parents are gone and grandparents are gone and you get to, you know, drive the car that you want and you get to live wherever you want and you get to do the job wherever you want and, and actually make yourself happy, what does that look like? And the perspective shift is, am I doing this to please other people or to please society and to get those pegs in the hole or the ticks in the boxes, you know, the two and a half kids and the dog and the cat and the college degree, or do I actually give myself permission to really explore what actually makes me happy? Now, choosing that perspective that my happiness is just as important as other people being happy can be such a big thing when we have self-esteem that's really been influenced in early childhood, like I was talking about before, before your boat story. Because those of us who grew up in an environment where the world felt safe if everyone was happy with me and I just was that straight-A student, I did what I was told, I was that good girl or good boy syndrome that I've often spoken about on the show, we don't think to give ourselves permission to say, actually, is this what I would choose for myself? Now, I know we've got parents who are listening to you talk about this and go, oh, no, we don't want to give them permission to just figure out their own life. They'll make bad choices, Nicole. What I, what I want to clarify for everybody is that when you've got a teen who is making bad choices because they are doing the opposite of whatever you say now, right? And and this is a, a lot of our reaction. We either conform and we do exactly what they tell us because we need their approval or we do the complete opposite of whatever they say so that we feel like we've got freedom. What we really want to have everybody do is think, actually figure out and think what's what is a good choice for me? What does that look like? And you've got to do it. I, I want my kids to do those things for themselves, not for me, not to make me happier to get my approval, but to find their passion, their principles, their values, and actually create a life that's based on those things for themselves. So this comes down to living intentionally and whether we're talking about giving the opportunity and permission to a te- for a teenager to actually explore that or whether it's the 40 and 50 year olds who listen to our show every week who go, yeah, you know what? I'm discontented and I've done all of this because I thought this was what we all did, you know, that run of the mill and we just pay off the mortgage and we don't, you know, we save for retirement, we don't have holidays and things like that. In every moment and every day, we can live more intentionally. 
But to live intentionally, we have to do the work to work out actually what is it that I want? And I think that's a lot of the time the scariest question. It's not who I am. It's what I actually want. So this living with intention is a really big perspective shift for a lot of us to say it's your journey. You get one shot at it. And it's better to live with this risk of disapproving other people than it is to live with the regrets on the other side of saying, well, I would have done that if I wasn't engaging in this approval addiction, which is what we're talking about on today's show. So we often ask our clients to look at everything they do and ask themselves, why am I doing it? Is this motivated by needing approval from other people? Is it about that I feel obligated to do it, that there's a lot of shoulds and I have to around it? Do I feel this pressure like my value is tied to it and I've got to do it to prove that I have value? All of those are feared motivations, making whatever you're doing a fear-motivated thing. But you always have the option to do those same good things for a love reason, for yourself, to fill the measure of your creation, to, to serve the world, to make a difference. You, you've just got to change your mindset so that you're doing those things for the right reasons. Mm. So even in the thick of those childbearing years where it's all about obligation and you feel like your life doesn't belong to you and, you know, you still can do it from a lovely reason to say, this is the stage of my life. This is what I chose. But even within this, I can live more intentionally and have a cup of tea in the sunshine. And I did that for me today. So there are a lot of choices that we have and we get to choose how much we suffer. We have to take another break. But after, um, after the commercials, I want to bring us back to the time top four things that you can do to change your self-esteem and how you can teach it to your kids. So stay with us. You're here on Relationship Radio with Nicole and Kim. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. you with Nicole and Kim. We've had a great time today talking about approval addiction and the difference between really following your own truth or just ticking the boxes for other people. In this last segment of the show, we really want to talk about the four things that you can do to increase your self-esteem. And, and we challenge you to, if you have children, to think about ways to start 
changing the dialogue in your home and implementing these principles into your home as well. Yeah, before we jump into it, maybe I want to say the first thing you could do to increase your self-esteem is to join us for the Inner Circle calls every week. Nicole, this week's call, we had probably eight questions that were submitted and a lot of them were were around this kind of thing, these kind, these exact kind of issues. But more specifically, my husband's this shape and I'm this shape and this is the issue that we're having. And to be able to get those kind of answers on a coaching call every week for the price that the inner circle is, is insane. Our full-time coaching clients are like, whoa, <laughs> they pay a lot of money to get us one-on-one. But the inner circle is just a great way to get added support that you might need to improve your relationships and your self-esteem. And we encourage you to go to 12shapes.com and check out our inner circle community. We've got a vault full of amazing resources that our members get access to also. Yeah, I know a lot of people have said, um, they've emailed us and said, I just don't really understand the shapes yet. It's new to me. You know, do I have to understand the shapes? No, the whole point of getting on those calls is you learn more about the shapes. Um, and the other thing is, if you haven't read our people guidebook book, that's available on our website too. It's a quick and easy read and it's very much a dot point book. It's not heavy into psychology. We make it very, very simple to understand the shapes that are in your home and why you're all behaving differently. So you can get that on our website too. Okay, so we're going to hit four top things you can do to improve your self-esteem. The first one I want to talk about it is increasing your responsibility. And what I mean is if you sat down with some paper and really wrote out everything in your world that you are responsible for. Now, obviously, work and, and caring for your family, some of those are kind of obvious. But things like caring for your, your health and your physical body, if you're not being responsible and you're not taking good care of yourself, that affects your self-esteem because you're dropping the ball on some important things. And there's a lots of levels. We, we talk so much about being responsible for how you process emotions and how you deal with conflict. And if you're not good at those things, if you don't have the skills and tools you need, and that's your responsibility to get the skills and tools, then you need to do that and, and own it. And that's going to make a huge difference in how you feel about yourself when you're being more responsible. Now, I know that there's going to be some diamonds and some ovals and some arrows who are listening to that going, well, I am super responsible. I do everything for everybody else. That's half my problem, <laughs> right? Because the word responsible drills into them a, a whole to-do to list and just tasks that they have to run off. But it comes down to self-care. It's a really big part of it. And knowing that everything that you do has a cause and effect. So as you're writing down those responsibilities if you drop the ball with that what is the responsibility on that you know you hit on a big one I have to clarify further that you are responsible for your self-care because all of these very responsible shapes even squares uh, octagons we are responsible about everything except taking care of ourselves which refills our own bucket so that we have something to give to our our friends and family. And if you're not meeting that responsibility to make sure your needs are taken care of, you are dropping the ball and no wonder you don't feel good. Just as a bit of a segue, you know that I'm passionate about minimalism and I do a lot of reading in my spare time about slow living and things like that. Well, my recent obsession is researching sleep and the cost of sleep. And particularly in those childbearing years, those really intense times or times where you've got big projects at work or you've got a lot of responsibility 
um, you know, with just busyness and obligations and holiday times, things like that, sleep is the first thing to go. And the amount of research that links irritability and unbalanced behavior, which of course is our big thing here at, at 12 Shapes, and linking that to sleep is so massive. So ask yourself, what do you really need every day in a 24-hour period? Because we just put things, these things off because we think it's easier to just have someone not judge and criticize us. But what's the real cost? That's huge. Okay, so increase responsibility because the more you take care of your stuff, the better you're going to feel about yourself. Now, the second one is kind of a play on those words. We want to increase your response ability, your ability to respond to life in a balanced way. And the, the magic of the 12 Shapes Relationship System to me is understanding your balanced and your unbalanced state so that you recognize when you're unbalanced and you're responding to life the wrong way. You're having fear, reactions, drama, anger, emotions that are out of control. All of that is not being responsible about your reactions to life. And again, you may really need some skills and tools to help you get there. And that's really what life coaching is all about is, is giving you the skills and tools you need to respond to life better. So we intentionally created the tagline for 12 Shapes and also for Relationship Radio is that once you know better, you do better. Because we know that it, without new input, you will continue to make those same decisions that create those same behavioral cycles. And at our at our best and at our worst, we're behavioral beings. We can have all of this intention, but if we're actually not changing that behavior, that's, that's really where things you know, go belly up for a lot of us. So what input are you putting in? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you researching? How do you spend your free time? Uh, is it with head in the sand or are you actually trying to seek out answers? I think that's a really big part of being able to move this bit forward. Absolutely. Um, you know, you and I, we read a lot. We both just devour books and, and there's so many researchers all around us all the time to up our skills. That has got to be one of our big responsibilities. If life is a classroom, we're here to learn. And so spending time getting skills and tools should definitely be part of our normal everyday life if we want to have good self-esteem. So the average American listens to seven episodes of podcasts every single week. So that's a, a sign of the times as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I listen to mine double speed. I love that you can do that on the iPhone because I can listen to twice as many, <laughs> of course. But it, it's a good thing. I think that we are in a, a world where things are moving so fast and the information to even just keep up is so much higher than what it was, say, 10 years ago. Okay, Nicole, I have to tell you, that is why I chose the arrow for your shape. <laughs> because you go so fast. You listen to them double speed. You realize that there's a lot of shapes that they would not catch a word of that. I mean, phew. Did, just I'm not right saying past. it's necessarily better. <laughs> I'm just saying it's what I do. It's what you do. It's not better or worse than it's it. Just so arrow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So do you want to talk about the third one? Oh, this one's the one that kicks me every time that we talk about I it. I think I have to remind you of this one like oh, a few times every, every single day. day. So this is this is one word and this word is written on inside my car on sticky notes and it's the it's you know the it's just everywhere written on everything and that is the word trust. Trusting that you are exactly where you're meant to be, I think, is one of the hardest things to do, particularly if you're, if you're addicted to approval, because you will constantly sabotage yourself, your own needs, your own self-care, what it is that you truly want to mitigate the fear of conflict and the fear of criticism and the fear of judgment. 
And so you don't trust that, you know, what things are the way they're meant to be, or I feel this way because I'm meant to at this moment in time. We're always trying to push the envelope and get over this painful hurdle or this discomfort. To really live in a place where you're, you're trusting yourself and you're trusting life, you have to learn to be uncomfortable. And I think that's the hardest thing. I really do. I think a lot of us don't like discomfort. And I talk about this so much with the parents of the teenagers that I coach. And I say, I know that you want things to change, but a lot of the reason it's not changing is because you're not not comfortable with the level of discomfort it takes for these teenagers to change. We don't like it. And so therefore we try and keep pushing and pushing, which means we live in, in greater fear than we do trust. So when we say the word trust, we have to choose trust every day. We've got to decide that we will be in every moment and trust that that's the moment we're meant to have. Okay, so I use this visual with my clients. I have them imagine that they're walking a tight wire over the Grand Canyon, literally the Grand Canyon underneath them. And and this is how most of us go through our day-to-day life. We feel like we're on a wire, we're wobbling all over, and there's a million ways that things can go wrong and we're going to fall and disaster could happen and we're stressed out all the time. And then I say, how would the the walk be different if you had a big net right underneath you so that if you fell, you're fine. Could you go through the journey across the wire with a little more peace and joy and being more present and have fun even if you knew there was a net? And the reality is that I believe that there is a net or that we have the option of choosing to see life in the universe as a net, but it's an invisible net, Nicole, because if we could see it, it would be too easy. We would not have to learn to trust. But because it's invisible, it gives us this amazing opportunity all day to choose to believe that the universe is a wise teacher that's conspiring to serve us and nothing can come into your life unless it's your perfect classroom for it to be there. And when we view life that way, we can literally feel safe the whole way. So so I want to just specify two things we want you to trust in. One is that you're right where you're supposed to be and that life is your perfect classroom journey. The other is that your value is not on the line and there's nothing you can do that will give you less value or more value than anyone else. So this trust piece looks different for different shapes. So for some of us, like the arrows and the diamonds and the ovals, and the rhombuses and the triangles and the crosses and the octagons, that looks like control. The more that I control, the more I can be perfect or at least as close to perfect as I can, I'm somehow safer because I'm earning my value and I'm trying to control my journey. But for other shapes like circles and hearts and and stars uh, and even rectangles, um, this and this came up for me this week, I had a great conversation with a heart who said, I don't trust, but I don't think it's because I'm trying to be perfect. And I said, no, you actually flip the other way um, behaviorally, which is, well, if I can't be the best, I'm just not going to try. So this playing small. So playing small is actually a trust issue. It's it's not trusting your value enough in your journey that whatever's going to happen is meant to be for me. Um, and, and you just don't participate. So that's something to look at as you're looking at these these principles of trust. In what way do or do I do it? Do I overcompensate and become controlling or do I actually just not participate and check out? So the beautiful thing about choosing to be in trust is that you can take risks and do things like I did last night watching me waltz. Oh, my gosh. I was come and watch. Yeah, you, you should come and watch. But... All I have to do is remind myself that my ability to waltz does not affect my value as a person at all, that I'm right on track. I've never done it before, so I get the chance to do it badly on my way to doing it better, but there's no risk. 
nothing is at risk whatsoever. And then we can just have fun. And that's how really how we want everyone to live. Love it. The final principle around building self-esteem is making a decision to increase the love. So this is about giving and receiving. So focus on loving, validating and listening to people wherever you go. One of the things that I loved about you when I met you in India two and a half years ago is you have this phrase that you've coined, which is, I'm just going to make a decision that I can't be perfect and I'm going to do my best and I'm just going to be the biggest level of love in the room. I'm just going to walk in and get them with my Okay, you're not saying it right. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I look in the mirror. I say, okay, I tried with my hair, whatever. I'm going to go get them with my love. Yeah. Because really, at the end of the day, your love is who you are. It's the real core of who you are. And when you just let that come out, people feel that your love is who you are. And then they like you and you get this approval, but you you have to not need it in order to get it. That's the trick. Because when you need it, you're in a fear place. And that fear place makes you overly worried about yourself and not being good enough and not having what you need and and protecting yourself. And you can't do fear and love at the same time. They're literally the antithesis of each other. It's like darkness and light. And you cannot have a room that is both dark and light at the same time, right? It's one or the other. So if you are if you have fear and insecurity and neediness for attention and validation, you're not capable of real love. You're not capable of actually knowing you're okay enough to show up, validate other people, be there for them. Because you just literally aren't capable of being who you really are. So what I love about this is that fear and love can't exist in the same space. So I relay that to people who struggle with sadness and depression, as well as anxiety and agitation, irritability. All of those things are a behavior of fear. It really comes down to that. So one of the greatest ways to get out of that is to actually make a decision to be loving. And gratitude is the extension of that. So I drive in my car and I walk down the road and I live my life listing the things that I love. I love that car. I love that Winnebago. I love the color of the sky today. I love that I got a phone call from you. I love that I've got plans on the weekend. I love that I worked out today. I love, I love, I love. And you just list those things. It will change your vibration and it it keeps you on that edge of being completely in love and and as far away as you you can to this fear. So the other thing I, I found, the more you look for opportunities to show up in love for other people, to serve, to do something nice for somebody, to get out of your own stuff and focus on others in that act of being the love in the room you actually really start liking who you are, Mm. right? We like ourselves better when we show up and we get to be the love that's truly who who we are at our core. I think um, we kind of didn't hit this when we were talking about us all having the same value. I think part of it is because at our essence, we are all love. It's what we are. It's it's the essence. So obviously, we're we're all going to have the same value. I love it. It's been a good show. I hope that you've got a lot of value listening to this today. I know that it's one that I need to go back to just to be reminded. So I I love that we have these um, on the 12 Shapes um, website for you guys to get access to and listen to it all the time. It's all through um, available on the podcast through Apple. I love that we live in such a society that you can access this and re-listen to it. The other way you can be more involved is to join us for Inner Circle. So um, check out all the information at 12shapes.com because the, the people 
people in there, their lives are changing fast because they have that accountability and that increased responsibility we've talked about today. They're really working on their relationships and their self-esteem every week with us. So we do encourage you to learn more about that at 12shapes.com. Okay, thanks for joining us. We're out of time. (laughs) Thanks for being with us here on Relationship Radio today and join us again next time for more relationship skills and advice so you can know better and do better. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but we'll join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.